Welcome to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We put knowledge and care within reach, so you have everything you need to live your life to the fullest. This podcast is sponsored by the University of Maryland Spine Network. I'm Maggie McKay. As a parent, finding out that your child has any serious medical condition is never easy, but when you hear that they have a spinal condition, that can be especially frightening. There are several different types of pediatric spine disorders, and they differ from adult conditions. Joining me is Dr. Daniel Gelb, orthopedic spine surgeon, professor of orthopedics, and vice chairman of the Department of Orthopedics at the University of Maryland School of Medicine and University of Maryland Medical Center. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. In this podcast, we'll talk about what kind of spinal abnormalities affect children, whether it's a common occurrence, how to treat the conditions, if they can be prevented, and more. Dr. Gelb, thank you so much for making the time to help shed some light on this very important topic, which I'm not sure if a lot of people are familiar with, other than perhaps scoliosis, which seems to be discussed a lot. But what percentage of children have spinal conditions? Well, it's difficult to give accurate numbers because there really is not great epidemiology in this region. The good news is that the vast majority of conditions we see are not dangerous and don't have major health implications. So although we see lots of children in the office who come in for evaluations of their spine, most of them do not have anything that is going to seriously impede their health in the long term. The most common conditions that we see are really just run-of-the-mill back pain, which just like adults, kids are subject to having episodes of, of backache and that the causes are really quite myriad, but most of the time this is not a serious condition. We do see a good deal of scoliosis and it is something that we deal with all the time. Scoliosis is a lateral curvature of the spine and it has a genetic component to it. Where it tends to run in families. And if it's allowed to progress past a certain point, it can eventually lead to problems with pain as an adult or even more serious complications. And then the other thing we see quite commonly is a condition that's called spondylolisthesis, which is a very big mouthful of a word, but it is a stress fracture that occurs at the base of the spine that can be a source of pain and it's very common in adolescent athletes. So whenever we see someone who's participating in sports and is having particularly severe or persistent back pain, we want to evaluate for a spondylolisthesis. So there are several different types of spinal conditions. Are those the most common for children? Yes, those three are far and away the most common things we see. There are very much more rare conditions and although as a physician and an orthopedic surgeon I always keep all of these things on my list of possibilities and we make sure we're not missing anything one could go through one's entire career and not see some of the more rare spinal tumors that may occur in children as we say common things are common and so the vast majority of are fall into those three boats Dr. Gelb, what treatment options are available? Well, certainly the treatment depends on the diagnosis. For children who present with run-of-the-mill back pain, which is, we think, 
mechanical in the sense that it's related to posture, it's related to activity. Generally, we recommend that the child be treated with easy, over-the-counter analgesics like Tylenol or Advil. Sometimes we will recommend physical therapy, Uh, especially during COVID. It's interesting. We've seen a, a big increase in the amount of back pain that we see in young children. And I think that is probably related to the fact that for a year, year and a half, they were at home, probably less active than they had been in school. And now they were suffering from that sequela of that inactivity. So we try to encourage them to be active, to get out, to move. If they need physical therapy, we can certainly recommend that as an alternative. Scoliosis, when it's mild, is treated with serial x-rays and observation and doesn't really require much treatment at all. If curvature begins to get larger and concerning and children have enough growth remaining that we're worried that the curve may develop into a larger curve, we'll put them in a, a brace and recommend brace wear. And that is actually quite effective in controlling curve growth. And likewise, for the stress fracture, for the spondylolisthesis, generally the first mode of treatment is to take the child out of their athletic activity, so let the spine rest. We'll often employ bracing again to hold the spine still and give it a chance to heal. For both spondylolisthesis and scoliosis, if they become severe, surgery may be indicated, but that's actually in quite a low percentage of children who present with those problems, maybe less than 10% of kids who have either of those conditions end up needing surgery. Are there any spinal conditions for children that they won't grow out of? Well, certainly scoliosis is not something you grow out of. If you have developed a curve, even if we put you in a a brace, we can control that curve from getting larger, but at the end of growth, you'll still have a curve. Now, most small curves are not necessarily symptomatic, and most adults tolerate some degree of curvature without any long-term problems, so it becomes a radiographic diagnosis and with no real health implications. Spondylolisthesis, likewise, can cause chronic recurrent backache as an adult, often as people get older and the stress fracture fails to heal, they'll develop some what we call radiculopathy. They can develop some nerve compression, which can give you sciatica pain down your legs. And those conditions you don't grow out of, but they're generally not terribly symptomatic for most people. So it's not anything we try to worry about at that point. Are there ways to prevent pediatric spinal conditions like better prenatal care or sleeping positions, for example? There is no evidence that beds or mattresses really cause a great change or, or predispose or help with back pain. As I was indicating before, for the run-of-the-mill, what we call mechanical back pain or nonspecific back pain, we think that weight control plays a role. Obesity is certainly uh, a pediatric problem in the United States, and it leads to increased rates of back pain. Regular exercise, staying fit is very important. So in the sense that more activity and, and fewer video games are probably the best thing you can do to help prevent the development of that type of back pain in kids. Scoliosis is genetically mediated. As I said, it tends to run in families. So you can't really prevent scoliosis if you are genetically predisposed towards it. However, the brace 
it has been shown to be very, very effective, over 90% effective if worn correctly. So if you develop scoliosis and you're able to have your child wear their brace appropriately, you can manage that problem quite well. So really, I think the same type of recommendations that we give for general health and fitness go a long way to helping prevent most back problems in kids. So any last messages, Dr. Gelb, that you would like to leave with our listeners? Well, I think that it's really important that if we can, we take the anxiety out of these situations. One of the biggest issues, people come in to see me, and of course, it's your child. You are very concerned. You want them to have the best health possible. Everyone understands that. But for the vast majority of kids, these conditions are not dangerous. They can be treated successfully, almost always without surgery. And most kids will go on to live a very successful, happy life without any major concerns regarding their back. So if you're concerned, you should certainly have the kids evaluated. And back pain that lasts a day or two in general is nothing to be concerned about. It's a normal occurrence in life for adults and kids alike. If pain becomes persistent, if it is interfering with sleep, if the kids are starting to give up their fun activities, you know, lots of kids will say their back hurts, teenagers especially, because they don't want to wash the dishes or take out the garbage. But when they say they don't want to go to the movies with their friends on Friday night because their back is hurting them too much, when they don't want to go to a party, then I start to say, okay, this is a significant problem that needs evaluation because clearly there's something more going on that it's interfering with the things they like to do. And I'm always happy to see kids in the office and, and help parents to deal with this and evaluate it, but generally it's not a dangerous problem. Thank you so much for your expertise and your information. I'm sure you helped lessen a lot of fears for parents listening and children. It's my pleasure. This episode is sponsored by the University of Maryland's Fine Network, connected by the renowned University of Maryland School of Medicine. The UM's Fine Network is home to the state's leading spine experts. With convenient locations throughout the state, UM's Fine Network physicians collaborate to create comprehensive care plans for patients across the full spectrum of care. When you work with a UM's Fine Network physician, you can expect to receive the high-quality, evidence-based care that you deserve. Find more shows just like this one at umms.org slash podcast. Thank you for listening to Live Greater, a health and wellness podcast brought to you by the University of Maryland Medical System. We look forward to you joining us again.